What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everybody, welcome to Mini Crush Monday. Back with the OG crew, Noel in front of me, Ramsey to my left. I'm liking this being in front of you business. I don't like it. No? I'm glad you do. Should we switch back? Huh? Well, then what do we do with Ramsey? Well, he can just sit here. You can look at him. <laughs> but then Ramsey's across from me. Are you just anti people being across from you? <laughs> no, I've been across from Josh for 12 years. Well, they leave a bad taste in your mouth? Is that the issue? No, it's a great taste. Okay. It's, uh, What's it taste like? Crunchberry. I love Crunchberries. <laughs> so Noel uh, and Ramsey, happy mini crush anniversary! I was just—we uh, were all alerted this morning that February third was our very first mini crush. Really? And that is the date of today. Oh, I'm sorry. She said February third. Today's the fifth. It's the fifth. Oh, good lord! Close enough. Can't we do anything right around we, here? We, it does, it's, we, it's, we do things right-ish. Well, why did that thing come today then? Two days late. What thing? We got a thing in base in our our company. Uh, oh, really? Project management system I, that I, said happy anniversary. Okay, February third. Huh? Well, you know that's their screw up, Chuck. Not ours. It is. You know. Well, happy mini crush anniversary two days ago. You know, it's in the zone here somewhere. We're in the region of the anniversary. So, Noel, you cut your beard almost all the way off. What's, what gives? Uh, it was kind of a barber accident, really. Um, I, you know, you let I, them do it. I, I, I did let them do it. It always uh, scares me. 
they usually just tidy it up a little bit. And I just said, let's take it in a little bit more this time. And, and he, they, they took that to mean he used to a, the face. Yeah, he used a guard and I, I just didn't stop him. I saw what was going on and it was too late. I've been in that position where I'm like, I'm getting a bad haircut yeah. right now and I'm too afraid to speak. Wait, up. it's not a bad. <laughs> come on, Chuck. It's just like a. I was talking about bad haircuts, okay. not your bad beard. <sighs> It's a fresh start. It's, it grows fast. I'm a fast hair grower, so it'll be in a week's time. You won't even know the difference. All right, it's it's different. It's uh, it's weird to see you uh, so freshly shorn. Well, you know, it's weird for me too, Chuck. All right. Do you, do you guys, your your kids, are they afraid of you guys shaving your beards off? Uh, we've never talked about it. Ruby would freak if I came home with like a completely bare face. I don't know. Yeah, if I, same here. Did I tell she you would... that it happened to me when my kid was like maybe four or something? I shaved it all off except for a mustache on a lark. Well, that's creepy. So <laughs> well, she didn't know. I guess it's just inherently, it's naturally yeah, creepy. Stranger right? danger. Kids just get it. That, that mustache uh-huh. equals stranger Bad. danger. But she cried and freaked out, and she remembers that to this day. She's eleven now, and she uh, she totally has a very palpable memory of that moment. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my dad. Um, he was had a beard all of all of my life, basically, starting at about. When did he grow that beard? I don't think he had one when I was really little, so maybe six or seven. But uh, had a beard and still does from then on, and he shaved it one time, and it was just the oddest thing. And when I see pictures of him from pre-me, it's just weird. When someone has a beard for like 40 years. Right, and for you, Chuck, I mean, you wouldn't recognize yourself probably. You'd freak out looking at yourself if you shaved it all the way off. I I shaved it all the way off a few years ago. Oh. Uh... And then it was like, my God, what have I done? Right. Um, it's like, grow, it's grow. like that David Byrne line. <laughs> my God, yeah. what have I done? And you may say to yourself, this is not a big, fat, white face. Don't ever shave that beard again. Yeah, the yeah. beard is uh, comes in very handy. I agreed. What I realized most instantly is that it obscures the double chin. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So, uh, Noel, I just finished listening to your John Cameron Mitchell uh, takeover. Thank you for covering for me. Of course. You did a great job. Thank you. It was a wonderful conversation. He is, uh, I don't get uh, professionally jealous much, but I, that was one trip that I was so upset to not be able to go on. <sighs> I was bummed that you could Because a fun hang mm-hmm. and like to hang with a hero of mine. And when I heard the show, I was like, oh, man, he's such a good conversationalist. He's great. Yeah. So whip smart uh-huh. and like... Just on it, man. He 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 had his shit together. I agree, and um, I you know, like I said, we've we've hung out probably five or six times yeah. at this point, and I would consider us kind of borderline friends. I sure, mean, we you know we text and stuff, and there's, yeah. there's business involved, but yeah, we professional really pals, very much thing. you know elevated beyond that. And uh, in Athens, we stayed in this Airbnb, and he went to breakfast with us the next morning with his yeah. whole crew, and he's friends with all these Athens people from the Elephant Six Collective, right, which sure. is you know people that I know as well and have, have what revered a great great for experience. a long time. And then Peter Buck was around. That's and, crazy. That's, um, that's what killed me. Randomly, I saw just, that picture of him photobombing in the background. That was just at a signing. <laughs> they did a signing at Wuck Street. And then um, he played with them both nights. The first night when uh, it wasn't John, that was on Saturday, it was this band Eyelids opening for uh, Camper Van Beethoven. Which uh, kills me because Camper was one of my early bands. Daisy opened up, which was one of my Athens bands. That's right. That's right. And then the next night, Eyelids became John's backing band. Right. And Peter 
joined them as well because he produced this EP they made for uh, with of Lou Reed covers uh, was to benefit John's mother who has Alzheimer's oh, and for her care. So That's he really played sweet. both nights and then he just ended up randomly there's a bar in the Athens folks would be familiar with called the Manhattan oh, no. That's which is just an old towny bar too. and everyone kind of went and, and Peter was just there. Just, Were people just, coming up to him and stuff? Like, no, oh my God, it was Peter all people Buckets that already knew. It, w- it was all like Chill. the people that already were like used to it. That's yeah. the kind of bar that it is, where it's like sure. people don't was. mess with anybody there because every. But it was all these local Athens luminaries there, like Andy Lamaster, who's an, an incredible producer and engineer, and uh, he was in a band called Now It's Overhead and played with Bright Eyes for a while. Oh, sure, I remember that. Um, and he was there, and I, I knew him from back in the day, and uh, all the Elf and Six guys and stuff. But um, and this guy Todd, who Amazing. runs Low Yo Yo stuff, which is a really great record store. He's the kind of quintessential like record store guy who like will yeah. kind of like you know haggle with you over the price of like a rare LP yeah, if yeah. you deserve it or not kind of one of those guys you know <laughs> yeah. but he was there I was just a lot of fun my Man. friend Frank came and he's a huge REM fan and was really nervous about talking to Peter but Peter dropped this wad of cash out of his sock and accidentally and Frank saw it picked it up and handed it to Peter and then he was in and he was just part of the conversation he and keeps Peter, cash in his sock uh-huh what is he an old lady I don't know <laughs> He definitely wears sunglasses indoors and a big old like rock At star night, scarf. Sunglasses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a power move. Yep. Yep. He's awesome. He can get man. away with that. He was a sweet guy though. He was just kind of a nerd, a little awkward. Yeah. Uh, didn't get out very much. He kept saying, and "I know his was brother. Just, I'm yeah. friends with his brother, okay. so I would have had a um, for sure." Yeah, yeah exactly. Been like me and Ken are buddies. Uh huh. Nice, nicest guy I could I could have. Goodness before. me! Well, I hated missing out on that. For sure. Did they? Did he play uh, Hedwig stuff this oh, yeah. night? Oh, they closed with Midnight Radio, and it made Ugh. me hit about. I lost my shit. Good God! And they also did the song "Low" by REM. Yeah, so, uh, that's the, a real cool, creepy low, cover. Low, low, low. yeah. <laughs> and they did uh, all the Lou Reed stuff. They did was kind of deep cut stuff off a record called "The Blue Mask," which is kind oh, of one of his gothier records. Yeah, yeah. Um, just fantastic. Everything about it. They did uh, Moon Age Daydream by Bowie, him and Jay Gonzalez from the Drive-By Truckers. And that's a thing that his character in the show Shrill, which I only just now started watching, which is trippy because now I know the guy. Now I'm seeing him play yeah. this total asshole in the show. He's such a jerk. Um, he does the song in the show. There's a musical episode yeah, where he, sure, sings, he sings Moon Age Daydream. I'm like halfway through season two. It's just a great show. Yeah, it's so easy to watch, too. What a, what a good show. I'm trying to get her on the show. Oh, she's, absolutely. She's fantastic. I'm sort of know her husband a little bit, so I should just or go through John Cameron Mitchell. You absolutely could. <laughs> Got to use these hookups, man. Mm-hmm. What's, what's what's her name? Uh, Ad Bryant. I, I don't know her outside of the show. I guess she's an SNL. Yeah, alum. yeah, yeah. Okay, and she's just she's, she's still wonderful. on SNL. Wonderful. Yeah, I love it. Love it show. Um, which is one of my stream this, so we'll just uh, touch lightly on that later. Great. So, uh, Noel, I got some backlighting and Ramsey backlighting on the TV. Finally, uh, the the Hughes. I got the Phillips Hughes yeah. strips. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Yeah, and uh, Emily just cracks up because you know I always set the mood and set the colors, and she's just like, "You're such a fucking nerd." Mm-hmm. I love it. it I, I have good. the whole Hue package in my living room and bedroom. I don't have the backlight, but I do have. I did have like one of the little orbs, and you could just put it behind the TV and have it facing the wall. Sure. But you've got the real the legit, strip. the strips. I want to get. Uh, those. Yeah, that's all I have is yeah. the strips. Okay, um, but I like it. It's cool, and I generally leave it on sort of like a kind of low, dim, golden hue Mm -hmm. for most everything, but I watched Frozen again with my daughter, and I put on this ice blue, Mm -hmm. which that palette is all over that movie. Doesn't it do predictive stuff, though, where it can, like, tell kind of— I think you can do that, and it will change color, but I don't know if I'm into that. I heard it seemed a little 
creepy to me. Yeah, yeah, and maybe distracting. Mm-hmm. But um, she's gotten on the Frozen thing uh, late and hard. Mm-hmm. It's constant in our home. Really? Now, what about Frozen Two? Did you guys go see Frozen Two? Emily took her to see okay. that, and she said it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so I will be seeing that soon when it comes out. A bunch. Mm-hmm. But uh, that soundtrack, man, we got her a little boombox so she could have some autonomy over music. Got her some CDs. So she's been carrying this thing around, playing Frozen constantly. And point one, it's really stuck in my head and annoying. But point two, those are really good fucking songs. Dude, it's the folks who did Avenue Q. and uh, It's good stuff. It's just Broadway it, caliber, it like is. really sticky melodies, really great. And I, a I range like from super poppy kind of modern sounding things that kids enjoy to uh, like that Fixer Upper song is like Jesus Christ Superstar. Exactly. It or, sounds like or, yeah. 70s sort of rock opera. Or there's the one that the snowman character sings that's almost like a vaudeville tap dance kind of number. That's you my know? least favorite. The but Josh Gad song. But it's still, it's cute. He, <laughs> it's he, he, cute gets to, he gets to ham it up a little bit. You know? yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. more of an old school Broadway um, kind of song. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I can see, I think I'm forming a theory that these, the biggest of those animated films have the best music and mm-hmm. that's no accident. Mm-hmm. Like, I think kids know. Yeah, Moana had fantastic music as well. Yeah, it was good, but not as good as Frozen, I I think. Th- yeah, you're, I think you're right, but I do think there were some songs in there that were pretty fantastic. Like the the main one, the yeah. Where I'll Go or whatever, and then there's the one with- Well, uh, the one Jermaine Cle- Clement Jermaine does. Clements, <laughs> where he, he does kind of the Bowie voice, you know? Yeah, it it's sounded so like, good. this is Bowie shiny. to Bowie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shiny, yeah. that's it. So good. Um, Ramsey, is your daughter into that stuff, or is she too old for that? Uh, she, she went through a, like a slight phase of Frozen. Um, I think she had issues with the movie as far as like the violence and it like that. She's oh, okay. kind of anti like all that. Which yeah, is, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, and she kind of took, I think she dressed up once as, as, is it Elsa? Elsa yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, cause she went, she liked, she had that fairy princess moment and stuff like that, but, um, not as, not as much. This sounds like as your kid, but yeah. Yeah, Ruby has dressed up as Elsa once um, every day. <laughs> Famously portrayed by Adele Dazim. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's for that. I remember that. Who's that? that? The, it was John Travolta. Travolta, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's just like he made it up. He just pulled it out of nothingness. The yeah. wickedly funny Adele Dazim. <laughs> Her name is Idina Menzel. Yeah. It's like he just That's, had like a I wonder how many people named brain their cat feud. After I that. love it. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, she hasn't been in the big princess thing until this Frozen. And she's, you know, she's got the outfit and she wears it a lot. Soon you'll be going to Ren Fairs and all that type of stuff. Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> put the kibosh on that. Uh, all right. So we decided to start out this week because yesterday uh, when I posted this was the birthday of two uh, actresses that I love, Miss Laura Linney mm. and Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, JJL as we call her in sure, our house. Sure. Uh, yesterday was both of their birthdays, so like we did with uh, the Zonster, I thought let's pay tribute and just find out what everyone's favorite movie is from each of these. Uh, I love it. Wonderful, wonderful actors. What are you, what are yours? You guys think on that if you need. But yeah, I need just a half. I need a beat. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw. Uh, I mean, I love Laura Linney. A lot in everything. But You Can Count on Me has a very special place in my heart. It's one of my favorite films. And the uh, acting and the nature of the relationship between her and Mark Ruffalo as brother and sister 
Touch Me. And it's probably my favorite movie of hers. Interesting. I don't know uh, that one at all. Jennifer Jason Lee. It's hard not to go with uh, The Anniversary Party. Great, great movie. She was awesome in it. I keep wanting to uh, see a sequel to that movie. I think that would be an interesting thing to sequel, like a little small independent film. Uh, I want to know where those characters are today. Uh, and then Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, it is it is a teen, uh, quote-unquote teen sex comedy, but more, from that era. But uh, she's really good in that as, as a young girl kind of finding her way uh, through the uh, beginnings of of sexual awakening and it was good I think it was a very real portrayal for sure she was fantastic that was a little bit darker than the rest of the 80s oh yeah it yeah. had something else going on in the rewatch it, it actually holds up whereas some of the other I ones totally are, agree. are not there yeah it's not a it wasn't a silly movie you know it was Cameron Crowe sure and, uh, I think uh, was it uh, Amy uh, Sheckerling Heckerling Heckerling right Sheckerling. you're close no, you're Lord. close I think it was Amy Heckerling right yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did Clueless, right? Or, yeah. Or was it Penelope Spheris? Who was it? It was one of those two. It was definitely not Spheris, I don't think, because she did like Wayne's World and all that it stuff. It does hold up, though. Still one of my favorite No, it, it, it's, a, it's a movie. It, it, like, again, so many of those 80s things are just very dated and have like all of these fingerprints of like, you know, really pandering to like the times and trying to be like every other, you know, kind of um, formulaic genre yeah. movie. And this one really is its own thing. It almost feels more like a 70s movie than a, than an 80s movie, you know, to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of the quality of well, the Well, yeah, the portrayal of the 80s isn't right. hammy and ham-fisted. It's just sort of kind of like it was. I agree. It was Amy Heckerling. Amy Heckerling, mm-hmm. that's yep. right. So we're going to start off with Mike Sams here because he's firsties. Uh, Laura Linney, Primal Fear. That was a great movie. Remember that one? She had a lawyer? Uh, I think so. Yeah. That was a good one with the twist with yeah. Ed uh, Norton. Yeah, no spoilers. I think it was his first film, in fact. It was definitely what pushed him out into the spotlight because yeah. that was a real standout role. Uh, Richard Gere. Yeah. For uh, JJL, he says Dolores Claiborne. Uh, that's a movie I just saw for the first time last year, believe it or not. That's for Jennifer Jason Lee, right? Yeah, Emily was like, you never saw Dolores Claiborne? I was like, no, I, kn- I mean, I know all about it, but for some reason it just got by me. It was a hole, though. Does it have to do with a well? Did someone get pushed into a well? <laughs> Did I make that up? Or am I thinking no of Lassie? Okay. No um Hudsucker Proxy Man. Yeah. That's yeah. the one that just popped into my brain because that's an acting role right there. She well, that's what to... Trent Moore says. Uh, she says, or he says, Hudsucker Proxy for sure. She chews that sp- scenery and spits it out, man. It's wonderful. Yeah, because it's all that snappy. Oh, hey, 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 buddy. <laughs> you know, it's fantastic. I love it. That's so good. Uh, Brandy McDonald says, I only have one for Laura Linney, uh, The Life of David Gale. Mm. I didn't see that one. Mm-mm, neither. Did you see it? No. A lot of people are saying Ozark, even though it's a TV show. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, no, she's great in that. Um, oh, here we go. Lisa Lyle says uh, Rush for Jennifer Jason Lee. I forgot about that movie. That was good. Yeah. Uh, and, Jason Patrick. And it had Tears in Heaven on the soundtrack. Oh, really? I remember that because I had the sound. I, I used to be a member of the Columbia House Tape Club. Oh, of course. And they sent me the Rush soundtrack, right. and it had Tears in Heaven on it. Uh, Laura Linney, uh, Tales of the City. That is what Lisa Lyle says. Uh, old Buddy Paulson agrees about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And he goes with Truman Show. Yeah. And he said, uh, humble brag, he said, I got to read the script for Truman Show a few years before it came out, and I stopped writing because it was so good. Yeah. And he said, then I worked with Andrew, and he was a jerk. Oh. So I started writing again. Oh, okay. <laughs> to me, Laura Lenny kind of blends into the background a little bit for me. I'm trying to oh, really? remember uh, like a, a standout role of hers, and I can for Jennifer, but I can't quite for Laura. But she was in Congo as Dr. Karen Ross. <laughs> oh, God. The 1995 you, Noel. 
<laughs> Mega Monkey Classic. You bring up the, the only stain on her resume. Gorillas. They were gorillas. Oh, excuse me. What did you say? I said monkey. Oh. <laughs> they make that distinction very clear in the film. I'm sure. <laughs> the, the guy who calls them a monkey gets his brain smashed very quickly. <laughs> Didn't they have Tim Curry in that? Yeah, Tim Curry, doing, Tim Curry doing this inexplicable accent that's like unplaceable. Oh, really? It's this kind of weird, like pseudo European accent that changes. And it's, it's a really fun movie. They did a How Did This Get Made about it. Highly uh, recommend it just for the, for the yucks. All right. Cat uh, Giambruno. Says anniversary party, very underrated, and love actually overrated movie, but uh, she killed it. Laura Linney in that film, she says. Uh, Don Lozano agrees about the anniversary party. Uh, she said, but her best role is probably Hateful Eight. She was so great. She was fantastic. I mean, that was. I mean, she was really man, really good. Talk about a just disgusting human being. Oh, I love it. And like to get to dig into that as an actor. It's like, just be as vile as you can possibly be. She was probably the best part of that movie. Yeah, I, I would agree with yeah, that. I think. That that movie I had a lot of problems with. I know you did, and a lot of people did, but it definitely, like, there were some performances that were there pretty There were parts that were really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I thought it was funny every time someone came in the door, they had to nail it shut again. That recurring bit was really funny. Remember that scene where, um, I forget who it was, smashes that guitar that she's playing? Yeah, yeah. You know the whole story about how like it was on loan from the Martin Museum and oh, it was no. actually a priceless Martin relic and they oh, were they supposed to, to get a they were supposed looking. to switch it out for the smash oh, but Christ. but Tarantino just let it really? roll and then he just like, fuck it, I'll just like pay him for it but right. it was like literally, like, like they're, they're can, never going to loan out another guitar ever again after that, I think. That was <laughs> the story asshole. I read. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Don Lozano for uh, Laura Linney says The Savages that was a really good movie too she was in The Squid and the Whale too I just remember that was a a great great role no one said that yet interesting Uh, Michael Reed says Hudsucker Proxy and Mystic River from Laura Linney that was a pretty good movie Mm -hmm. if I remember and someone does say Congo Brad Carr Uh, says Truman Show or Congo and then uh, JJL Hateful Eight boy people she's getting a lot of love for that one Uh, Primal Fear from uh, Caitlin Hennessy and nothing for JJL. That's okay. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Elizabeth McSwain, Laura Linney. I really enjoyed her in The Truman Show and The Nanny Diaries. I didn't see that. Hmm. And then Dolores Claiborne, hands down, she says. Yeah, I have, I'm have. i mixing up Dolores Claiborne with something else in my brain, I think. I don't know if Claiborne, I, fully... I think it was a Stephen King joint. It was, and for it sure. And was Kathy Bates, mm-hmm. and there was a... Uh, well, like, like I said, that one's best. Just I remember the video box. I just don't know if I've actually seen it or not. Like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, anyway. <laughs> well, if this was Noel's Holes, then I would say no. That would be a big no. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Jennifer Jason Lee and The Possessor. It's David Cronenberg's um, uh, son. You had me at Cronenberg. Wow. Yeah. Oh, son. Wait a minute. It's his son. Okay. Uh, hmm. Premiered at Sundance. Oh, and interesting. Blew people's minds. Oh, great. Like, she was in uh, Existence. Yeah, she sure was. Right very fucked up, weird. Yeah. Uh huh. Cronenberg. Film. I didn't know yeah, Cronenberg's is... son was doing stuff. That's exciting. Yeah, he's, he's just, just as, weird. as fucked up as is he? David. Right. So. What if he came out and made like rom coms and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> My name's Danny Cronenberg. Yeah. I love a meat cute. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Mudge. Oh, Mudge, you're breaking my heart. She Only says, his meat cutes involve actual sentient meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, cute slabs of meat. Exactly. Uh, Jennifer Mudge says, for Jennifer, it's hard not to, uh, it's got to be Fast Times. And for Laura Linney, it would be any movie with her not in it. Whoa. Am I reading that right? Is that a big Is insult? that a diss? I think so. Just read it again. She said, for Laura Linney, it would be any movie with her not in it. Yeah. 
Hmm. I'm trying to twist that into here's saying she should be in every movie, but I don't think that's what she's saying. Here's here's my thing is I do find her to be somewhat forgettable. Oh God! Uh, and I, I, that's only you know, this is just, just me. It's just I'm literally trying to remember a standout role. Like I remember she was in Congo. I remember she was in the Squid and the Whale. But I don't really remember what she did in if it. If you say Congo again, I'm going to ask you to leave. Congo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I said it differently. Um, I, I think that's harsh. She's obviously a very good uh, team player, but I don't think of her as being a standout most of the time, whereas Jennifer Jason Lee really differentiates herself and has these different performance types. You mm. know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. We'll just stop that because I'm angry now. No. <laughs> Dude, Possessor looks awesome. One of the goriest horror movies ever, it says. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll check that out. Hell Yeah. I still like to see a good gore fest every now and then, just for S and Gs. Yeah, even the look at the still from it; it's upsetting. Just the still. That's upsetting. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm crushing out uh, the Sixth Sense after this with Maddie. Oh, cool! Got to watch that again last mm-hmm. night for the first time. Did it hold up uh, since the theater? Yeah, it uh, does not. No, to me. <laughs> I did not think it. I thought it might not have. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode because I didn't love it. Um, well, this will have come out. That will have come out uh, this Friday. Just, just, just previous. Right before this. So. Do you think he's going to come in being a, I don't a, know. an apologist or I don't you know, know. a big you know, fan? He's enthusiastic. He is so. enthusiastic. He, he also does not – he's not fond of trashing anything. No. That's why he's, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. He is a good guy. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024 – You deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So, uh... We're going to move on, and I pose this question. Has there ever been a movie where you thought the sequel outdid the original? Pretty basic. You guys have any that come to mind? Godfather 2 is a very famous example of a sequel that uh, at least equaled the original, which is tough because I think that's on a level of I like think all-time grudge. The John grades. Wick movies get better each movie. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. 
I think I agree with that. And this is not for a movie, but for a series, I think The Leftovers, each subsequent series, is more involved and more interesting than okay. the previous. I think Better Call Saul is maybe a little better than Breaking Bad. Right. I just finished it. But again, these are these are not quite the question. But for movies, it's harder. For I don't know. I, I think the John Wick holds true. All right. Rames, you got any? Um, just the obviously like Empire I thought sure. was better than the first. Uh Evil Dead 2, but like I consider that a remake because yeah. there's a lot of the same plots over and over and again. They lean but. into the comedic aspect. The first one was almost accidentally funny, and then the second one, they're like, ah, oh, fuck it. This was obviously more of a comedy than it was a horror. Let's yeah, just really... I didn't find the first one funny at all, but uh, accidentally or otherwise. But yeah, I think it's a remake-ish. Adjacent. In the neighborhood of. Sarah Kostreba Yak. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Says Superman 2. I feel that the introduction of Zod and his team are iconic. Yeah, Superman 2. Maybe better than Superman 1. Is that the the, the, the quest for peace? No, that's the, I think that was Superman 4. 4, um, yeah. 2 is just 2. 2 is great, yeah. That was with uh, Terrence Stamp and Zod. And right, that the, one is the good. The three baddies yeah, yeah, that yeah, come yeah. to Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then good. 3 is when they really start going weird and downhill, right? Yeah, I think ne- neither 3 nor 4 were great. But the first two were good. Sure. I remember seeing that first one, man, in the theater. Memorial Drive, Stonemont Theater, right next to Eddie's Trick Shop. Nick Faulkner says Empire Strikes Back and uh, Dark Knight. That's a good point. So like Dark Knight Rises, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I yeah. guess those are sequels for sure. Yeah, Batman, uh, was it, was the first one called? Was it Batman Begins? No, yeah. that's, is that what it's called? Yeah. That's what it was called. I think so, yeah. yeah. Like, I thought the whole thing with um, Rachel Ghoul was a little half-baked in it, you know, yeah, with What's-His-Face. And the second one just felt a lot more fully formed and, and yeah. a little more thought out. Um, I th- yeah, I, I would agree with that. For sure. What do you think of the Batman coming up? Ramsey's just shaking his head and smirking. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, no, I think it's going to be... It's it's going to be better than the last Batman movie we got, which Justice League. I don't know Whoa. if you guys. I didn't even bother. Oh, jeez. I, I kind of forgot those. I was thinking Christopher Nolan. I forgot about Ben Affleck's foray. He never got his own Batman movie, though. Yeah, we never that, even that gave him a chance. <laughs> right, know? exactly. It was very forgettable. He was more about the shape <laughs> of his head, kind of. He, yeah. he was also, he was the burlier Batman. He had, like, a big, round head. It was weird looking. Yeah. I don't um, know if you guys ever saw the video of him, like, someone was saying, like, in an interview with him and the um, the guy that played Superman was like, he basically was like, yeah, the reviews aren't that good. And Ben Affleck's face just looks like, what the hell did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And, like, he's just really depressed and everything. But, I don't know, they had CGI'd the guy's mustache out for Superman, like, yeah. which is weird. Like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. it's for scheduling and stuff. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I am looking forward to the new Batman movie. It's just... My expectations are pretty low. Who's directing it? Who's I know it's Pattinson, and that's cool because I think he's 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 gotten to such a point where I just don't know if he'd pick something that was stupid because sure. he's been making such good choices. I don't think he's done anything dumb. Uh, everything he's done has been weird and off the beaten path and, and a little bit challenging. So I wonder if he read the script and was like, "This is cool. I could do this Batman in an interesting way." I think the Batman is Matt Reeves. What did he do? If I'm not mistaken, Matt Reeves did. Uh, I think his first movie was Cloverfield. Yeah, this is the Cloverfield. I mean, Let Me In, the the remake of Let the Right One In, which was good, which was uh, just fine. He did those two Planet of the Apes movies, which were also just fine. No, he's good. Yeah, yeah. he's a quality director. I mean, the cast in it is pretty exciting. We get Robert Pattinson, Colin Farrell, uh, Andy Serkis. 
Oh, I love Andy Serkis. Now you don't Paul feel Dino. like you know. I know we we all had a little, bit of, a little bit of mixed feelings about Joker, but I, I I do appreciate that a movie like Joker has maybe set the tone for like now we can kind of go off book a little bit for some of these superhero origin stories. Sure. Like get a little weird and gritty with it, you yeah. know, more so even than the Nolan stuff. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dan R. Evans says Terminator 2. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Mm. That was that was better than the Terminator. Thousand percent. Yeah. And, and I thought the Terminator was great. So, Terminator 2 holds up upon reviewing much more so than the, the Terminator does. Yeah. I mean, Terminator is a little dated for sure. Uh, M.D. Charnley says Sam Raimi with uh, a double whammy. Spider-Man 2 and Evil Dead 2. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 was better. Yep. That was the that was the gem of I, that. I agree. Triquel. Mm-hmm. Triquel? Trifecta? Trilogy? Trilogy? <laughs> sure. There's just a regular word for that. Mm-hmm. Carl Söderberg says Godfather 2. Uh, ben McVitie says Paddington 2. Yes. Padding- I haven't seen any oh, of those. Oh, Chuck, you must. Watch it with your child. Really? I, I mean, almost now, because they're so delightful and there's really nothing... There's some jokes in there for adults, but it's nothing like offensive or weird. It's sure. just it's a heartwarming, lovely, funny, delightful movie. Is the it, first one any good? Yeah, it's great. But right. two somehow managed. It's got all of these people from like weird British comedy in it, from the Mighty Boosh and other kind of weird like off the beaten path British comedies. Um, it's got uh, Brendan Gleeson is in it, and oh, he sure. plays great. this kind of like hardened prison cook, who, you know, who ends up having his heart touched by Paddington. It's just wonderful. I got to check that out. Uh, Thomas Tenorello says Aliens far more entertaining movie and more character development that's going to be a divisive one yeah man I mean I liked Aliens but I like Alien better mm-hmm. it does more with less Aliens yeah, I just, feel yeah. like they got Alien some budget and... well, you changed it it was like Alien was more of a horror movie Aliens was more of a sci-fi action, action movie yeah. that's true yeah. so. that's Absolutely. true they had the big mechs and shit again fun movie but just totally different flavor yeah you know? agreed uh, Wendy White says Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, bringing back a villain from the OG series was a fantastic idea. And the whole storyline of Kirk dealing with his age. And then topping it off with the death of Spock. What's not to love? John Wick II from Bobby Feldman. Toy Story 3 from Bruce Conwell. Those are all great. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard hard to pick. Uh, Ian Swanner says Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, I think it's better in every way than the first one. We get better character development and action. All the music factors in the story, plot, and character development as well. I did quite like that one. Did uh, you guys see Babe Pig in the City? Uh, no. no. I saw the first one. I'm going to th- say that was better than the first one. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it's really dark. George Miller actually directed that one instead of just That's producing. Right. And so there's like a lot of homages to Mad Max and that type <laughs> of stuff. And then, In the Babe movie, there's homages to Mad Max? Oh, yeah. They recreate the those at the, the Terror Dome or the Thunderdome. Yeah. It has Mickey Rooney in it and uh, all this other stuff. And like wow. you got the, all these animals, self-realization of if they're human or if they're an animal. You know, there's like an orangutan that won't go outside until he puts his clothes on. I mean, yeah. there's just like a lot of weird, dark, dark stuff happening. Check that out. I am. It's completely different. And supposedly there's a cutout there uh, where George Miller screened it and parents were like, there's no way we're showing this to our kids. And they had to cut like 20 minutes out of Interesting. it. Interesting. <laughs> and then he went on to do the, the, the tap dancing penguin movie, Happy Feet. Was oh, that Miller too? He did that one too. What a weird career a, arc that guy oh, had. Hello. Yeah. All right, we'll do a few more here. Brian Fullinger says, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, old pal Jeff Noel says, 
uh, obvious ones, Godfather 2 and T2. Stories are better, character development, and world building. Additionally, T2 brought us a nice refinement of some effects that were introduced in The Abyss. That's true. That's very true. That was the very same effect, actually. That liquid metal thing. Yeah. That now does look pretty dated. Oh, I think it still holds up okay in T2. Yeah. Yeah, I think that looks all right. It's just that no one uses that anymore. Yeah. You know, so it just it, it, it has a flavor of that time, I think, is the issue. Did you guys see the latest Terminator that was out this year? No. The true sequel? Did you? I did not. It was, on, it was on the plane. Good. I might, I'll check it out on my next flight, maybe. Mm, you should see that on a bigger screen. You think then. so? Yeah. Okay. I don't think you should watch action movies on yeah, that's probably major true. screens. That's a good point. Uh, Before Sunset, incredible sequel. That's Paul Wilder. That's right. And then he did a third one, right? Yeah, Before uh, Sunrise, I think. I think people weighed all those pretty equally. They just think that's a pretty masterful uh, trilogy. Yeah, and, and hopefully they're going to just keep doing those. That's my hope. Yeah. Because, boy, do I love those films. I haven't seen a single one of them. Got a three-way hole there. They're great. God damn. That's so gross. What? I just threw up in my mouth. No, you didn't. <laughs> a lot of T2 and Aliens, man. It is all over. Uh, we'll finish up here with Hannah Scarapa says, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Uh, the audience had grown up since the first one, and the writers allowed for darker subject matter mm. to be tackled. Interesting. And uh, the tech had progressed nicely over the four years as well. Awesome. Good stuff, everyone. Good sequels. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And we are going to finish up with a little stream this. Think about what you guys have been watching. Sure. If you want to chime in. Uh, like I said, I, uh, the aforementioned Shrill Season 2 is great so far. So much heart. Um, great writing, great acting. It's just really good stuff. And it's got a very interesting subplot uh, from Season 1 that is now carried over into Season 2 with her troll. Yeah, I'm just troll. now to the part where they're like trying to find the troll. Yeah, it's... Um, 
they're they're keeping it going in I season two in, in a creative and interesting way, or at least for now. He may not be around too long. Uh, I'm watching The Outsider. I am too. Uh, love the first two episodes. The second, the third, and fourth felt a, felt a little more flat for me, and I'm kind of like, like, come on, like I need something to happen here. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Not bailing on it yet, but it I'm not did either. not deliver on the first couple of episodes. Promise for me. Yeah, yet. Ramsey recommended it in uh, one of our last episodes, and that's what mm-hmm. got me checking it yeah. out. And I, I really enjoyed the first episode. I watched it starting a little too late at night. I get a little sleepy sometimes, and sure. I may have dozed near the end. But um, I really <laughs> like the you were setup. Full on sleeping. <laughs> I said what I said, Chuck. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I enjoy the setup though. I like them. No spoilers, but there's a a nice uh, supernatural twist, but you're not quite sure if it is, mm-hmm. and you, you have to question. You know people's motives and stuff. I, it's got a true detective-y kind of vibe, like like uh, Brand Ramsey was saying. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go. Ramsey, are you still on it? I am watching it, but it is falling flat for me. Oh I mean, yeah, you the, agree. those first two episodes I thought got me, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah, and then maybe it'll I'm pick just, back up. Yeah, because they're they're just like walking around and trying to figure shit out and. You know, they haven't. There's really hasn't been much action or things happening. Yeah, I think like for a show like that, there needs to be one kind of big moment and revelation or something we learn. And I feel like episodes three and four haven't really had that. Yeah, uh, it, it feels like it's plodding along a little bit. But I'm not going to bail on it yet. Uh, I'm still into it. I think I miss Jason Bateman. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh man, this is great. I love Jason Bateman. <laughs> but then, after then the first gone. episode, you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, obviously he's going to come back at some point. Uh, again, if you haven't seen this, you might not want to hear this stuff. But yeah, uh, there is a thing that's making the rounds on the A24 social media or Instagram account. Um, it's a special Q&A the Softy Brothers shot to go along with screenings of Uncut Gems mm-hmm. now that it's gotten, like, more buzz and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they, you know, Mel's Diner in L.A.? Sure. It's, like, famous, I guess. And, oh, uh, I think I saw that. And it I looks really cool. Was. It's like they've got hidden cameras in this diner, and uh, they, they're meeting Adam Sandler, but they kind of trick him into doing it where it's sort of like a candid camera thing. Right. And then different folks come by and ask questions, and uh, Jason Bateman shows up as one of their special guests. And I really want to see it. I guess you can only see it by... Uh, going and seeing the movie in the theater again but I think it's neat that they put their yeah, their touches on all that. these things yeah. I wonder if Bateman lives here full time now because they shot The Outsider in Atlanta as well mm-hmm. Ozark two seasons have been here surely he's wised up and bought a house right I would think I he's probably so. got you know so comparatively real estate cheap here yeah than, chump change than, than, I mean if you're a big, big well it's not chump star. change Atlanta's <laughs> fairly expensive no it is too, but, but compared to LA obviously not estate, like LA you know. he could throw down on a house Jason Bateman, where's your house? Where do you live? I'm gonna knock on your door with some microphones. Send us your deets. Man, I want to get him in here. He's just so goddamn busy. Mm-hmm. Even if I managed to get in touch with people, he would, I'm sure he'd be like, oh, sure. i got plenty of time to just drop by. For sure. You guys, I'm sorry. I, I'm uh, Not to derail, but I'm reading more into this uh, this new uh, Son of Cronenberg movie, and it just looks incredible. It's also Son got, of Cronenberg. <laughs> it's also got Andrea Reisenberg in it, who is my Mandy. She's my Mandy. You know uh, how much I love Mandy. And yeah. it looks like uh, that kind of movie, like a really, you know, psychotically uh, – Existential nightmare kind of thing. I'm really, really into this. All right. Thanks for thanks for thanks for the tip, Rams. Uh, and then the final thing I've been watching, guys, is this cheerleading documentary. Cheer. I've heard it's incredible. Have you heard of this, Ramsey? Yeah, Carrie watched it. I it's did not... great. Yeah, dude, we have no interest in cheerleading, Emily or myself. 
Uh, it could be a uh, behind the scenes of a Broadway show musical cast or a dance troupe. It could be hell. It could be a, a, a documentary about a, a football team. It's about an intense group of people and athletes coming together to work hard, and he's got these great, rich storylines, beautiful photography. Uh, it's awesome in every way. So I highly recommend it. Don't don't think, uh, oh, God, this cheerleading thing. If you like a, a well-told, rich story, then you're going to like it. I think it was Kai Rizdahl uh, who does the, whatever, the, sure. the money show. Um on NPR, he was he, he was talking about the the business of cheerleading, and it was a story about how there's literally like a monopoly around cheerleading supplies and stuff. Oh, but sure. he he mentioned that show offhandedly and was just like, if you haven't seen it, where have you been? You know, it's, it's really it's good, the best. It's really Very worth compelling. your time. Yeah, I mean, I would liken it to the same as like people that didn't like basketball would get something out of watching Hoop Dreams. Uh, you know, these are human stories about the human condition. Totally. At the end of the day, uh, all right. Well, that's all I got, guys. You got anything else? I watched uh, the first episode of McMillions. The oh, HBO yeah, yeah. Doc. I just added that to my uh, my old queue. Yeah. It, it's not bad. Um, I'm I'm there for it. So. How many episodes is that? Uh, I'd like to say around six, maybe. Okay. I this is about the hoax. Uh, the McDonald's monopoly. Yeah. And I remember that because I, I do remember that being one like you, you, you'd win occasionally. You'd win a couple bucks or a free fry. Oh, sure. It was a thing where like it was fun to play because you would kind of get return on your investment but I guess the deal was what that I don't fully understand I don't want to spoil it but like somebody just staged the whole thing or there really was no real prize money I don't well the basically like there was like a sticky note on some guy's desk in the FBI and some guy picked it up as like monopoly fraud mm-hmm. McDonald's and he picked it up as like what is this and he started looking into it and then supposedly like within the first five minutes you know is like people only people who have won it are from the same family and then it oh, t- wow. talks about the odds then the FBI brings in McDonald's, and McDonald's has no clue how this happened. Wow. And so it's like that's basically the, the whole setup for the whole thing in the first episode, which, I mean, is pretty intense and stuff like that. And, cool. You know, obviously there's, there's like yeah, a podcast that, that goes with that. Same, same. Um, Can't wait. Yeah. And I also saw Color Out of Space. Which, oh, is that good? <gasps> you saw it? Yeah, I did okay. see it. I really, um, that's I, right up my alley. I actually enjoyed it. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Um, as far as Nick Cage on the Cageometer, he, he definitely is 10 out of 10. Oh, really? <laughs> so he, 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 he goes, had me at Cageometer. He, he goes full cage um, quite a few times. Yeah. Um, so, if, But if you don't like Nick Cage, I don't know if it's for you. <laughs> Probably. But <laughs> it's still, it was still enjoyable, he, even if, without him. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's directed by that dude who kind of tanked his career when he did The Island of Dr. Moreau, oh, that really, oh, wow. the yeah, one where uh, where uh, uh, Brando, and Brando kind of loses his mind, mm-hmm. and he's got an earpiece where he's getting lines fed, and he wears this white face makeup and like oh, a, yeah. a t-shirt over his head, and, and it's disaster. for no reason. There's a documentary about it, the whole like shit show that is yeah. that movie, but this guy came back, and apparently he's doing quite competent uh, schlock, which yeah. I'm into. Visually amazing and all that stuff, and yeah, all the acting outside of Cage was, was great as well. No, if you don't start a band called Competent Schlock... I do like that. It could be a Krautrock type band, like a can. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will be in your ear holes once again next Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 